Good morning. It's Monday, April 17th, 2023. I'm Herb Morgan. Uh, this is my weekly economic and market commentary for the week beginning today, Monday, April 17th. As a reminder, you can follow me intra-week uh, on several formats. If anything comes up intra-week, I will put it up on either or both, actually, Twitter, at ETF underscore strategist, or on LinkedIn. As a reminder, this is available as a subscription-based document. It's an email that comes out with all the graphs and charts as I'm speaking, or you can listen to it as a podcast on any of the various podcast formats. This presentation you are seeing and are hearing is created by us, Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors, for use with investors and financial advisors who are each expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Well, on softening inflation news and a growing consensus, consensus that we are near the end of the Fed rate hiking cycle, stocks continued to rally. They rallied despite the fact that we're going into earnings seasons that is widely, it was a cause of concern by many investment strategists that earnings will either disappoint or forward guidance will disappoint. So there's this battle between the positive news of inflation coming down and the, the nearing of the end of the Fed rate hike cycle on the one hand, and then there is the concern about the recession and what that will do to corporate earnings on the other hand. Still, stocks rose healthily last week with the S&P 500 up about eight-tenths of a percent. Year to date now, look at uh, international markets on uh, a declining US dollar, up almost 12%, uh, but strength pretty much across the board, with, I guess the big exception being small cap, which was negative when I came to you last week on a year to date basis, now turned slightly positive. Interest rates up just a tad uh, last week. You know, we're, we're roughly flirting with that, you know, US 10 year around three and a half percent. High yield caught a bit with equities, so pretty good week uh, for investors last week. And data uh, seems to be giving us some credence to the argument of that the inflation concern is over and we're rolling over. Uh, I've been saying for about, what, four or five weeks now that the regional banking crisis that we saw with Silicon Valley, with Signature, uh, we forget to mention Silvergate, although that was largely crypto-related issues with First Republic, now issues with Charles Schwab, even though it's not a regional bank, uh, all of those things are contractionary in the economy, disinflationary, if not downright deflationary. And we're seeing some of those inflation numbers start to uh, roll over a little bit. Wholesale inventories for the month of February rose a tenth of a percent. Uh, that was less than expected. Okay, not a real big deal, not the most important uh, report. Small business optimism fell again from 90.9 to 90.1. That was a little bit better than expected, but we're sort of hovering down at this 90 level. Credit conditions uh, were cited top of mind by respondents as their reason for concern. Um, but in addition, inflation still up the top and the quality of labor availability still up at the top as well. So we've got the CPI, as I mentioned, and the PPI, CPI rose a tenth of a percent. That was less than expected. Uh, it's up 5% year over year, also a tenth less than expected. That's all good news. Core CPI was up four tenths in line and 5.6 year over year in line. The big drop in the headline, uh, they were benefiting from favorable year over year comps 
because a year ago is when the Ukrainian war got started and energy prices had really skyrocketed. So we're starting to see that come down. Doesn't mean that the prices necessarily are coming down. Gasoline, for example, at the pump here in California, but the rate of inflation is coming down. So two different things. Even better news though, uh, on the PPI side or producer price index, the producer price index, they say prices actually fell, expected to be flat down a half a percent uh, to only 2.7 year over year now, estimate was for three. Remember the Fed's target is 2% year over year consumer inflation. This is producer, so very different. Um, but the core there down a tenth of a percent. So good news that inflation numbers coming down. Again, leading, lending uh, to the argument that the Fed is likely done, may do a 25% rate hike on May 3rd, but probably should not, given everything that's happening. Import and export prices also fell in the month of March. Import prices fell six tenths of a percent, far more than expected. Export prices fell three tenths of a percent, also more than expected. Another sign that the inflation situation is cooling and cooling quickly. Other signs that we're moving into a slowing economy, if not recession, you know that I think we are in a recession now. Weekly claims for unemployment rose from 228 to 239. Remember we had that spike uh, a couple of weeks ago on the, on the revised numbers and we're coming up some really low. Still, these numbers are, from a historical standpoint, standpoint, quite low. They are quite low, and so the labor market continues to be very strong. Retail sales down 1%. Decline was led by a uh, fall in gasoline sales on a lower price, obviously, a 1.6% decline in auto sales. So backing out autos and gas, sales were down three-tenths of a percent. Nothing really to see here, folks. It says just move on. Industrial production capacity utilization surprised last week with production rising four tenths of a percent. That goes against my recession argument, to be fair. Capacity utilization actually went up. And when capacity utilization is coming down, it's disinflationary. You see it there, you see it there. It was happening here. And then it's kind of hung in there. So maybe this would go against the argument that the inflation uh, issue is, is uh, coming back in. Business inventories rose two-tenths of a percent after falling two-tenths of a percent in January. That was for the February report. And then consumers on the University of Michigan sentiment survey, uh, they said, well, mm, we're feeling okay. We're a little bit better than we were last month, not much, and a little bit better uh, than the survey suggested we were, uh, but still far below where we were prior to the onset of the COVID uh, crisis that, that uh, gripped the economy. The S&P 500, though, still trading. I showed you at the beginning, it went up. It's trading fine. Uh, the S&P 500 is above its 50-day moving average, which is above its 200-day moving average. They're all heading up and to the right. You can see the next line here. I'm going to call it just under 4,200. Uh, if it can break above 4,200, um, all the bears will be wrong. Now, the bears are making great arguments. Um, their, their logic is very solid. They're very concerned about earnings and interest rates and not having a Fed put. All of these things make sense. The contraction caused by uh, the, the lending issue with regional banks, but the technicals of the S&P 500 remain pretty good. I've showed you this chart, right? Higher high, higher high. Will we make a higher high now? 
higher low, higher low, higher low, there it goes. The other thing that's holding up on the S&P 500, and this is a bit of a shock, quite frankly, are the fundamentals. This is the forward estimate for S&P 500 earnings. They're still hanging at $225 a share, blended forward. We just started earnings reporting season last week, and the earnings were okay. Now it's just a few you know, big financial companies. We've got a bunch more earnings coming this week. And then, then after that, we get into the meat of the earnings, which is tech companies, right? Big tech companies are big, important driver. But if they, if they don't miss or they don't guide lower, then maybe this stops going down. The fear with the bears is that we're going to get a big drop. See that big drop we got back there in 2020? That was the COVID shutdown. They're, they're waiting for some kind of drop in S&P 500 earnings down sort of in this 217, 218 range. We'll know more this week because look at all these companies we've got reporting. Charles Schwab already reported this morning. And despite some concerns there, they actually beat estimates. We've got a lot of financials, B of A, Goldman, Morgan Stanley, City, American Express, KeyBank. We had, you know, JP Morgan was a big one last week. They did fine. Um, and then a lot of other names also reporting this week before we get into big tech. Uh, going out another week, week, week plus. Uh, economic data this week, the Empire State Manufacturing Survey, this is a total shocker. The number's already out. We were looking for, consensus here was for minus 16 and a half on Friday. It actually got lower, it became minus 18 by the time we reported, and it actually came in at 10.8 this morning. So that was a huge surprise. That's why the market's kind of hanging in pretty, pretty strong this morning. Housing is expected to be, you know, weak below 50. Housing starts and permits, you can see there, a million four to a million four fifty. Weekly jobless claims expecting to keep creeping. I don't really get concerned about the economy until we get to 300. That's why I think this recession is going to be mild, relatively short-lived. We've got Philly Fed. They may those estimates may may change after what happened with New York manufacturing. So we could see that number change before it's reported. But as of this morning, it's minus 19. Existing home sales. And then flash PMIs uh, from S&P Global on both manufacturing, expected to be negative, below 50, and services just barely above that 50 line. So if that, if that services number dips below 50, granted it's only a flash reading, that could cause more people to sort of jump into that recession camp and thinking that we're in a recession. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'll be back to you again next week.